One of the, the things I love about this time of year is the, the sense of a new start and the chance to kind of start over in some different areas. Um, and I think as we do that, it's important to look back and ask some questions about where we've been. I think one of the things with that fast-paced life is you're just going and going and going. We rarely, rarely stop and look back behind us to see where we've been or where we are right now because we're looking forward to what comes next. And so as we come to the end of the year, a chance to just stop for a minute and ask some really important questions about our life, about our journey with Christ and where we are in that journey. Um, Paul, as he's writing to the Corinthian church in his last letter that we actually have. I think there's probably at least another letter, if not another, um, four letters total. Um, but the, the second letter that we have, he ends the letter writing to the church, encouraging them to look at themselves and examine themselves. And so he says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail that test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though it may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. So he ends this letter with this encouragement to stop and examine yourself, to look, to test yourself, to see whether you are in the faith. And I have conversations with people at times, and they'll say, oh, that person, they're faithful. Oh, they're so faithful. And really what they mean by that is they come to church. Oh, they're faithful. Well, they're here every time the door's open. They're faithful. But what he's talking about is so much bigger than just what happens when the doors of a building are open. It's how you live every single hour of every single day and whether it is completely and fully surrendered to Christ and that you're loving and living in this world as Jesus did. That is the test that we are to look at ourselves, to examine, to, to say, are we there? Are we fully committed to this journey of following Jesus? So examine yourself, test yourself, to see whether you're in the faith. And I, I remember back to middle school and high school and even college and final exams. You, you would come to the end of the year, and, and the good students who just kind of annoyed you, and if you were one of those, you annoyed us all, okay, who studied all semester long and then got to the final exam and they were just like reviewing stuff. Hey, that's annoying. But then there were the, the majority of us who said, hey, the final is next Monday. And so you start studying on Sunday night. 
and you start cramming and going through stuff and trying to get ready to take the test. And the second you take the test, it's gone. You, you don't really remember what you learned or what you got ready for, but you pass the test. And, and here's the deal. With this test, this is not one that you can cram for. This is one where you have to be kind of like those annoying people in school, and you have to constantly be working towards it and growing in it. That you don't just come to the end and say, okay, i got to get everything right, i got to get it all right. But it's one that we constantly look back. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this time of the year. And a new start and a new year is the ability to say, you know what? Here's where I am. Here are some places I need to grow. Here are some things I need to work on. Here's where love needs to become more evident in my life. Here's where anger and aggression. Here's where patience. Here's where lust. Where all those things are kind of creeping into my life and beginning to take over. And I need to examine and look at it and see what it is that needs to be weeded out. So examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. And I want to look just real briefly this morning at a story that is told about Jesus. And I want to look at it, I want to put some kind of framework around it with these three questions. What is your state? What story are you telling? And what is your strategy? So I want to read you this story from the Gospel of Luke. And Luke writes this. One day Jesus was teaching... And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was on Jesus to heal the sick. And some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way in to do this because of the crowd, they went up on a roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles, into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and praise, gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. What is your state? There are so many different people and players in the story. You have these Pharisees and these teachers of the law that have come from everywhere all around to sit here at the, the teaching of Jesus. And they come for different reasons. Some come to hear and learn from him to grow. 
Some come to trap him and find him doing something that he shouldn't be doing or something that he shouldn't be saying. They all have motives. They all have reasons that they come. And they seem to have everything together. It seems like their life is in order and everything is right in place like it should be. Then you have a man who is clearly not okay. He's paralyzed. He's lying on a mat and his friends have brought him there. You can tell from looking at him, things are not okay. Things are not right. He is desperately in need of help. He is desperately in need of healing. He is in need of relationship. And then you have some people who come carrying him, these friends that are trying to get him to Jesus. They all come into this story. They all are included in this picture for different reasons and are at different places in this journey with Jesus. Every single one of us come to this place this morning in a different state. Some of us are hurting and need to be healed. Some of us are trapped in sin and need to be forgiven. Some of us have addiction hanging over our head that we cannot be free from. Some of us look like we have it all together and everything is okay, and yet inside everything is falling apart. And still there are some who are doing everything they can to help people see Jesus. And what's amazing about this story And the way that it relates to us is there are times that all of us are in all three of those places, sometimes all at once. Because isn't it amazing that you, as a broken, hurting person, could come here with a mask looking like you have everything together and have everything in place and that you're okay, and yet inside everything is crumbling. And yet at the same time, you're still trying to help people see Jesus. Isn't it amazing that as you look at this story, you can find yourself in so many different places within it. And we simply ask the question, what is your state? If you look inside right now, if you examine yourself, if you test yourself, how are things going I have a friend who, who gave me a little test that you can do just on a daily basis. He says this, this is just one of the, the biggest helps to him to look at himself. In your car, you have a, a dashboard. And on that dashboard, it tells you how much gas you have. It tells you what speed you're going. It also tells you your RPMs. And your RPMs are the, the speed at which the engine is turning over. And he said, we, we need those RPMs on our dashboard because they help us gauge the health of our engine. You can learn a lot about the health of the engine of a car by looking at the RPMs. And I think the same is true in our life as well. How are you doing relationally, physically, mentally, and spiritually? One of the biggest ones we always want to look at is spiritually. How, how are you doing spiritually? But one of the things I notice as I read the Gospels is Jesus never talks about your spiritual life. He talks about your life. And if you haven't figured out that your relational health, your physical health, 
your mental health and your spiritual health are all tied together, that they all affect one another, then you need to wake up. Like You have to take care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally. And so we ask these questions, well, how are you doing relationally? Are there relationships in your life that need to be mended, that need to be healed? Are, are there relationships that need to be put back together where they're falling apart, where there are, are walls between you? How are you doing physically? Are, are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting rest? Are you just working and working and working and working until you can't go anymore? How are you doing mentally? Are, are you slowing down, taking time to let your mind rest? And how are you doing spiritually? Are you growing in your faith? How's your prayer life? How is your worship? Not, not just are you showing up to worship, but are you worshiping? When, when you come here, do you engage? And when you're not here, are you seeking and thirsting and hungering to be filled by Christ through prayer? These are all connected. And it's so important that you take care of them. And, and what's really interesting is I've been looking at this. I can tell an effect on all of them when one of them gets off. When I stop taking care of myself physically, that I can tell it affects me mentally and spiritually and relationally. I'm, I'm more short with people, and my anger comes out. When, when I'm busy and I'm working and I'm not resting, then I kind of push prayer to the side because I need to be doing stuff. They're so connected. So what is your state, and just use this gauge from 1 to 10. How are you relationally, physically, mentally, spiritually? Where are you? Where are you right now? The, the next question is what story are you telling? I love this story, but I'll tell you there are some parts of this story that just irritate me. I want you to listen to what Luke says. Some men, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Wait a minute. Some men. Okay, we have names. There's Peter. There's John, there's Luke, just pick one. But we're pretty important to this story. And Luke tells the story, he says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way in to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now listen to this. When Jesus saw their faith, 
He said, friends, or friend, your sins are forgiven. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man and put him before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. Now, now wait a minute. Don't we get any recognition? I mean, don't we get our five minutes of fame with our names in the New Testament etched in there for thousands and thousands of years to come? But they don't. Because Luke's understanding of what is happening is that this story is bigger than some men. And this story is bigger than a paralyzed man. This story is about the kingdom of God unfolding right in front of the people and they're missing it because they aren't looking for it. Some men come carrying a paralyzed man on the mat and these some men don't even get their name in the story. And I ask the question simply, what story are you telling? Or maybe, more importantly, whose story are you telling? Whose story is it that you're telling? Is it your story? Is it about you? Or is it about him? See, Jesus comes to this earth, and he does not come to tell his story. He comes to tell the Father's story. He comes to tell people what God is doing here on this earth. And he invites you to be a part of his story. And by being a part of his story, you're actually a part of a bigger story than even Jesus is trying to tell. You're a part of the Father's story. And this reconciliation of the whole world. And that reconciliation begins with forgiveness. But it does not end there. See, this story that you're invited into is not just about your past. It's not just about who you were. It's not just about what was forgiven. On the other side of that forgiveness, there is this new life that begins. On the other side of the forgiveness, there's get up, take your mat, and leave. On the other side of forgiveness, there is new life. And that new life is about what God is doing in this world. And that is his story. It is not yours. And so many times we seep back into these patterns where we try to make the story about us. Wait, some men? No, I want my name there. I want people to know what I did. I want people to know what I'm doing, how I'm serving, how I'm helping. This story, this story you've been invited to be a part of, is not about you. You have been invited into a story that is so much bigger than you. 
And so we ask the question, what story are you telling? What story are you telling? I have a, a friend who writes, and on his blog a few months ago, he asked a question that was just like, wow. He said, if, if people, if, if God answered every single prayer you prayed this year, how many people besides you would be affected by that? How many people would be saved because of that? How many people would experience healing and forgiveness because of your prayers? See, so many times the story we tell is about us. And the prayers we pray are about us. And this story, if Jesus can come and say, this isn't about me. This is about him. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God is up to in this world? Look at Jesus. This story is not about me. In fact, I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to give up my life so that you can be invited into this story. So that you can be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And then finally, what is your strategy? I think it's pretty clear from the story, these men have a strategy. They, they have a friend who is paralyzed. He's got a mat. They've got some hands. And they're going to pick him up. And they're going to carry him to the house where Jesus is. They're going to take him in the front door, and they're going to set him in front of Jesus and ask Jesus to heal him. That is the plan. That is the strategy. That's how this is going to go down. But when you read the story, what happens is when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. They come to this place and there is a roadblock. There's a lot of people gathered around Jesus and because of all the people, they cannot get this man who needs to be in front of Jesus. They cannot get him to Jesus. And so it's like, here, let's just throw the strategy, let's throw the plan out the window. What, what else can we do? Let's hop up on the camel and then onto the fence and up on the roof and then we'll just rip a hole in the roof. And then, I mean, he's paralyzed, so I mean, boom. I mean, you can't really get hurt worse. And so there he is, right in front Jesus. And Jesus knows the state of these people that are there. And he asks this question, why are you thinking these things? And notice when he says this, it's not, why are you thinking these things in your mind? I mean, cognitively, that's how we think. We think things in our mind. But he says, why are you thinking these things in your heart. 
What, what's going on in here that you're unwilling to let me do what I have come here to do? What, what is it that's going on inside of you? What story are you telling? And when Paul writes to Corinthian, the Corinthian church, and he says, I want you to test yourself, I want you to examine yourself, he says, not so that people will look at you and say, wow, you've done so well. You've got everything in order, everything looks good. But so that when, we, when it looks like we failed, when it looks like everything's out of order, when everyone else in the world says, no, you're, you're losing, you're dying, you're surrendering, you're giving up. Paul says, no. That's when you're standing in the truth of the gospel. That the only way to live is to die. The only way that you find life is through death. That is the message of the gospel. And so when they get to this point and they hit a brick wall and it's the strategy, the plan are out the window and we've got to improvise, you find out that their strategy wasn't a series of steps. It was just simply an end goal to get this man to Jesus Whatever it takes, whatever we have to do, we need to get him to Jesus. And for different people, it's going to require different steps. There's not a series that you follow every time. That everyone we encounter is in a different place and has different needs, but the ultimate need never changes, that they need Jesus. And that is our purpose in telling God's story. Our purpose in telling God's story is to tell what Jesus has done. But what Jesus has done is not about him. It's about God's ultimate plan for the redemption of the world. See, most of the time in churches what happens is we start to question our strategy. But I think more importantly, what we need to begin with is our state. It's not a question of, is our strategy good? It's, is our state good? Are we healthy spiritually? Mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally. Because if we are, if we are, then the life that Christ has poured into us is supposed to flow out of us. And that strategy, get people to Jesus, begins to happen very naturally. Because it's simply a part of who we are. You're hurting. You feel hopeless. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what he's been doing in my life to lift me out of death and into new life. 
Because as I look at this story, I've been in every one of these places. I've been in the crowd keeping people from Jesus because it looks like I have everything together. And I won't admit that things in my life are not always right. That I'm not always okay. That I don't always have it together. That I've been the paralyzed man lying on the mat just broken and needing to be healed. Needing forgiveness. I've also been the friends who don't need to be named in the story. Because they know the story is not about them. It's about what God is doing in this world. So as we come to the end of 2017, and we look forward to 2018, what is your state? What story are you telling? Maybe the two most important questions we can ask. What is your state? How are you doing? Where, where are you right now in your walk with Jesus? And then whose story are you telling? Is it all about you? Or is it about Him? This morning we want to kind of just create some space for you as we sing to reflect on this past year on where you are right now and maybe even moving forward into this new year what needs to change what needs to be different what's not right what's out of place what needs to be healed what needs to be mended what needs to be forgiven and maybe this morning is just a great opportunity to start over so as we sing we want to offer you an invitation if you've never given your life to Christ, come and have your sins forgiven. But it doesn't end there. That on the other side of the water is new life. See, it's this identity that we put on. This new identity clothed in Christ, one with Him. That is our baptism. That is what it is about. It's not just simply about your past. It's also about your future. It's about the story you're telling, the story you're living into. So if you've never entered into that, walked through the waters and into new life, we would offer you that invitation. What better way to start your year? But if we could pray for you, if your state is not right, if the story you're telling is not right, the story that you're supposed to, if we could just pray for you in that, we would love to do that. We're going to have ministry staff and shepherds around the auditorium and in the back. Um, you can go there. Um, I'll be down here if you need something as well. But whatever your need, come while we stand and we sing. My